This is Take It or Leave It, the podcast releasing the raw, unedited teachings of Jesus. We are called to share His holy and powerful word that is not commonly taught, so all may be armed with knowledge of His commands. We are expected to live according to God's standard. Though this world may change, our Lord and Savior does not. Are you sure you are saved? Are you sure you are not distracted by this world? All teachings are shared with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you take it and implement change into your life, or will you leave it and continue on your own way? Jesus is coming quickly. Are you ready? I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our study of priesthood and recently we discussed the fire of the Lord and we highlighted how the fire must start from God and it cannot start from us. We looked at the Old Testament, right, and the commandments of God and how he commanded uh, Moses, right, to build the tabernacle and then the Lord sent his fire. When that was mishandled by the sons of Aaron, we read about how the Lord's fire devoured them. Amen. We also looked into the story of Elijah, where it was Elijah versus hundreds of others who were honoring Baal. And we know who won there. The Lord sent his fire and devoured up the sacrifice of Elijah and many were reconciled to God. Amen. In this series, we want to learn holiness, an organization, right? Because the priests were very organized. We read about how the priests in the Old Testament, they had different garments when they were sacrificing. And then when they were removing the ashes, they had to put on different garments, right? God was very specific, very, very specific, right? And when we take him seriously, we follow every word of his instructions. So we want to learn holiness and organization and what it really means to be a priest but not just learn what it means to be a priest, but how to serve God to his standards. Amen. As you know, we've been reading in Ezekiel 9. Amen. How does God regard dead bodies in the holy sanctuary? Well, we know it's true that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So what he said once still stands today. God does not need to change, but instead we are the ones that need to change. Why? Because God is perfect and we are not. We better know what God says so that we can know if we measure up. We're going to be discussing more of these things as we continue on. But first, I want to jump back into Ezekiel 9. We're going to start in verse 7, where it says, Then he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. And they went out and killed in the city. So if you recall, in Ezekiel 9, God ordered the killings. Right? There were six men with battle weapons uh, ordered to utterly slay old, young women and children. God said it. Now he's saying defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. So defile the temple means make it dirty, make it an abomination. Why would this be dirty? Because the dead bodies were going to be piled up in the temple. God teaches us that we are dirty if we touch the dead. And many people today, they don't know this and they don't even care to find out what God really said. But they like to lean on only that God is love. This is true that God is love. He's always love. But he is looking for the one who will serve him with their entire life. And that means seeking what it is that he really says to ensure that we all line up. Amen. In 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 10, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. 
both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Okay, so God himself will destroy all. It will all be burnt up. That's what 2 Peter 3 verse 10 is confirming. All right. 2 Peter 3 verse 11 says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? All right. Apostle Peter continues, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. We're going to zoom in on verse 14, which we just read. Verse 14 again, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot or blameless. Who's this referring to? It's us, right? Peter is telling you and me to work hard to make sure that Jesus finds us blameless. So God is love and will always be love. Okay, we do not have to do a single thing for God to love us because he does. But know today and every day moving forward that salvation is different than love. Okay, so we don't have to do anything for God to love us again, but we do have to do things for him to save us. Why else would we have to be diligent? You and I must do work to be saved. In Acts chapter 14, I'm going to read verses 21 and 22. And it says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Listeria, Iconium, and Antioch. Verse 22, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. This is not the first time that we've read this verse and highlighted this on this podcast. It says clearly that we will go through many tribulations, meaning servants of God should expect this while on earth. Jesus is actually the one who said difficult is the way to life. Jesus does not just give people millions of dollars so that people are comfortable and that they feel okay. This is what people in the United States expect at least. The truth is the people in persecuted nations like Pakistan, for example, they're more in the spirit than those in the U.S., They're more in the spirit than those in a prosperous land. Why? Because those who are in persecuted nations, they don't just learn God through the Bible. They actually have experience through persecution. Let's go back to discussing about touching the dead. We touched upon this last podcast. We're going to learn more about it. We want to have a thorough understanding, right? Let's read in the Old Testament. We're going to read in Numbers. Numbers chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 14. And it says, this is the law when a man dies in a tent. All who come into the tent and all who are in the tent shall be unclean for seven days. This is different today. People kiss dead bodies at funerals. Have you seen this? I have. Verse 15, in every open vessel, which has no cover fastening on it is unclean. We can actually even look a few verses before this in verse 11. It says, he who touches the dead, right? He who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean for seven days. Amen. God said it. So they're unclean for seven days. 
Numbers 19, verse 16 now. Whoever in the open field touches one who is slain by a sword or who has died or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. Okay, in the story of the Good Samaritan, many pass by that person. Do we remember this story? There was somebody on the side of the road they needed help that kept getting passed by, right? Many passed by because they were afraid to be unclean because that man was half dead. He needed assistance, right? This is what God says about dead bodies. Let's go to Leviticus 21, all right? And again, I want to remind you that the priest had to meet the standard of God. We're going to start in verse 1 of Leviticus chapter 21. And it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, None shall defile himself for the dead among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, and his brother. Also, his virgin sister who is near to him, who has had no husband, for her he may defile himself. Otherwise, he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. Okay, so we see the priests, again, they had standards too. They're a little bit different than others, right? But very specific. God is so specific, and we must take him seriously with what he says. He's the same. Last podcast, we actually read Leviticus chapter 10. We're going to revisit that some and expound upon it. Uh, We're going to read uh, again in Leviticus 10 about the profane fire of Nadab and Abihu. All right, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded him. Okay. So they're wrong. The Lord didn't say do that. They didn't anyway. So verse two, fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. God did it. Verse three, and Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke saying by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. All right, verse 4, Then Moses called Mishael and Elizaphan, the sons of Uciel, the uncle of Aaron, said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So then they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. Aaron's sons were not regarding God as holy. All right, they made their own fire. Look what happened to them. All right, verse six, and Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, lest you die, meaning, or you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. Okay, so again, don't mourn for the dead, but mourn because the Lord is angry. All right, verse seven. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. So again, if you do this, you will die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses, right? God shared this through Moses and they were obedient to it. All right. So it's like Moses telling Aaron, you're only alive because the covering of the Lord is upon you. We should also note that there are only few priests in the tabernacle. There aren't a hundred priests in a single tabernacle. The priests are responsible to make sure the house of God is sanctified. Therefore, the priest must be sanctified themselves. You and I, we are called to be priests according to our own capacity. We continue and ensure that we are sanctified in all we do. And what does that look like? Well, for one... Should the priest allow people to answer their phone or scroll through social media during church? 
Absolutely not. This defiles the temple. If somebody needs to take a private call, should they sit in the sanctuary to talk about the worldly things? No. Should the priest condone the one who comes into the sanctuary with their business cards, wanting to hand them out to everyone on their, on their earthly job? No. That's not what it's for. Do that somewhere else. All right? God is the same God of the Old Testament. He's the same God today. He's still holy and he will forever be holy. Woe to the person who tolerates or approves these abominations in the holy place. These terrible acts, these acts that go directly against God and the holy place. You cannot tolerate it and you cannot say nothing. You know, today some people don't even understand why they go to church, yet they go. They're spiritually dead and they go and they sit in this holy place. Can you imagine this? It's happening today. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 28. And it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Wow. So when it says disobedient to parents, that's not for little kids. It's actually to adults who did not listen to their Christian parents who were giving them godly advice. This is all an abomination. Anyone tolerating or engaging in behavior like this is spiritually dead. Is that you today? Verse 31, we continue, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. 32, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. All right. So that's what I'm saying. Whether you do it or tolerate it, you're guilty. So what is the righteous judgment of God against those who are engaging in these things? Those who are doing these things are dead. What things? Anything mentioned. Reread verses 29 to 31. We just read it. All of those things. Guilty. So doing nothing is a problem. As a priest, if we tolerate behavior in the sanctuary, we're also wrong. It's not just those who do it, but those who approve it. This is righteous judgment of God. You know, to give a a personal example, there was a time where I was in the sanctuary and there was somebody operating our sound. They were filing their nails. They kept missing the cues for the sound in the service. So when I went back there, because I actually oversee the sound, so I oversaw this person. And when I went back there to see what might be going on, why the mics weren't on, why the volume is wrong, why the slides aren't changing, they were filing their nails. So I said, hey, do you think you could do that later? And this person did not take it very well, but I had to say something because that could be done later. Or better yet, step aside Let me do it if you are unfit, right? I had to say something, and that's just one example. But you have to set self aside. If you're not engaged in the things of God, you're better to stay in your bed, amen? We are to teach the living water and the holy word. We preach how to serve so someone who was spiritually dead can become alive in the spirit. And today, we are defiled when we practice wrong deeds and condone the dead. 
right? Again, the spiritually dead. And I want to stress that there is nothing wrong to be around the spiritually dead. But I want you to note that we ought to preach life through God. How else can we reconcile them to God? Of course, it's their decision, but we must bring the word and share it with them, right? Who's them? The spiritually dead. We don't enjoy being around them, but we do it because the Lord said, preach the gospel. Personally, I think the meaning of touching the dead is rather obvious at this point. So I'll ask you, what does touching the dead mean? Bring it up to today, the New Testament. What does it mean? We cannot touch the dead. What does that mean? It's worldliness. Amen? Ask yourself, is what I'm doing now a real matter of God? And if it's not, it's worldliness. It's the same as touching the dead. We must examine ourselves in all that we do. We need to know that we are pleasing God. Okay, we're not living in a time where we should be guessing. We must know it. Paul actually said, good things are permissible, right? But is it beneficial for the kingdom of God? So there are things that we can do in this world that are not sinful, exactly. But it's also not beneficial to the kingdom of God. It's better for us to do the things that the kingdom of God will benefit from. Today, we have a heart for the dead because we want them to be alive, right? We don't enjoy the dead. We want them to be saved. We want them to repent to the Lord. Priesthood is a very high standard. If we're enjoying being around dead people, we have a problem, right? Enjoying being around dead people is different than enjoying bringing them the gospel, all right? When we enjoy being around those who are spiritually dead, meaning we enjoy engaging in their dead conversations and their dead activities, that's a problem. We should feel a burden, all right? The church building is a holy place of worship. If we touch the dead, we become unclean. When we enjoy the world, we become unclean. We defile the sanctuary. We must always have the mind of Christ on, following his holy instructions. And we are living in the days where people come to church despite their spiritual condition. You know, the world preaches to come as you are, right? But God says, acknowledge that I am holy, Come as you are implies that people don't have to change. That's not true. That's not true. Our God is not inclusive when it comes to salvation. The church of Ananias and Sapphira is no more. People don't die anymore when they're not worthy to be in church. But it doesn't mean today that they're now worthy to be in church. They're still unworthy. They just don't die. So what happens to people who cannot obey the Lord and honor him as holy? The answer is actually in Ezekiel 9. Verse 11, Just then, the man clothed with linen, who had the inkhorn at his side, reported back and said, I have done as you commanded me. So he said, I've done as you commanded me. We know that this will happen. The foreheads will be marked with the inkhorn, and the others who are not marked will be slayed, dead. It will come to pass. Those unworthy will be killed. Those who took him seriously will not be harmed. God said, do it. And it was so. So I want to encourage you today. We always must examine ourselves. Do we line up with what God says? We are part of a royal priesthood. We ought to be. Are we fulfilling that call in our lives? We all need to change. Not one of us is born good. We better line up with what the Lord says because he is holy and he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And this is shared with the love of the Lord. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.